0: tell me if you remember. Me if remember no telling if you remember yeah i'll never forget
1: i'll never forget yeah. welcome to the hashtag #altscene podcast the show focuses on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations communities and events Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Hashtag Cause a Scene Podcast. My guest today is Leah. Leah, could you please introduce yourself?
2: Um, yeah, sure, Kim. Uh, my name is Leah Lassaya. I'm the CEO and founder of Astral AR, um, and I'm here today to talk about causing a scene. Well, we're just
1: going to jump right into. It. Thank you for that opening. Um, why is it important to cause a scene, and how are you causing a scene?
2: Oh, Lord. <laughs> what? When do I stop causing a scene? Um, yes. <laughs> well, let's see here. I think when I was young, I, I made an observation um, that there is a demograph that does, not get to, that does not get to have a say, and that everything that's wrong and everything that's, that's messed up everywhere that it, that it happens, the, there's one group of people that you pretty much never find involved in making things wrong. And I mean, you know, I was, I was like I said, I was, I was a child when I observed this. And it occurred to me that if we switched everything around, we might have a chance at, you know, surviving ourselves. And that kind of, I, I never lost that thought my whole life. And that demographic specifically is black women. That was something that I observed, like I said, when I was a kid. Um, I don't know why, I don't know how that thought popped into my mind, but I never shook it.
1: That's very. We're gonna to have to dive down in that because that's very interesting. Um, and
2: so I'm from the same area. Uh, just to, to to qualify that a little bit, I'm from the same area uh, that brought you Barack Hussein Obama. So, I mean, that might have had something to do with it. That's okay. where you know where I was born and where I grew up. Um, I mean, we could we could credit my teachers. They were uh, they were I don't know honest, <laughs> and that might have helped as well. But I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just the way, that's just the way it is.
1: So with this on um, uh, perspective, can you tell us how are you causing a scene?
2: Right. So I don't know, you may have noticed, I kind of go out of my way to uh, personally, at least as far as I can amplify voices around me um, when they have something to say that needs to be said, especially um, I try to lift that up. And if there's anything that we can all do, that's, that's one thing that we can always do, if that makes sense. Um, but more towards that, I did introduce myself as a CEO. I am a CEO. And that's that's pretty important in the sense that I have the opportunity. To, I woke up one day because I founded the startup, right? And I woke up one day and I, I you know all the times where you thought to yourself, man, if I was in charge, and then one day I woke up and I realized I'm in charge. And ever since then, we've been doing things the way that they should be done
1: at the company that you're the CEO mm-hmm. of. That's correct. All right. So let's, let's dive into this a bit because you, um, do you mind stating what you're, what, and I'm going to be controversial here, what race you identify as or as you or what the outside people would see you as.
2: So I'm mixed. Um, I, yeah, I'm mixed. My my last name outs me. White people tend to think I'm white temporarily. Um, Black people tend to think that I'm white, period. Um, And Latinos, they they all pronounce my name correctly. So I take after my mother. Um, Mm -hmm. My sister takes after my father. Um, My co-founder is... He's supposed to be here right now, by the way. Um, God bless him. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he... uh, he didn't believe me until he saw my fam. And then when he saw my fam, then, uh, then he did believe me.
1: He didn't uh, believe what?
2: He didn't believe me that like, when I said I was, yeah. You know, no, actually, I am mixed. Um, he didn't believe me. And like I said, then he met my fam.
1: So what did, did he think? Uh, and I'm breaking this down for a reason. So what, mm-hmm. what, did he, what did he, he did not believe that you were a mixed race. So what did he believe?
2: So to him, it did not really click, um, if that makes sense.
1: What did not um, really click?
2: The that, the being mixed thing. It did not really click uh, for him. It didn't. It didn't fall into place. Um, that no, really, I'm the outlier in, in my family, and it wasn't until, like I said, until he, you know, he met them in person, that he that he became aware that the characteristics that are distinct, um, that are distinctly observable, even in me um Became obvious to him, if that makes sense.
1: Okay, so um, I'm pushing this because you're you're kind of talking around it. You're not saying exactly what I need, what I'm looking for you to say. What <laughs> right. What did he um, think you were? You told him no, I'm mixed race. His disbelief was that you were what?
2: I'm trying. What I'm trying to I'm trying to avoid putting words in his mouth.
1: Okay. Um, okay. So then we won't talk about him then. Uh, and that's why I brought up the initial question: What do you present as? What do most people see you as?
2: So usually, usually when I say I have things like white enough privilege, it's because people see me and they assume, at least at first, that I'm white, unless they themselves are Latino.
1: And then they've seen, they've seen your last name or they see some traits that say, okay, no, this, this person is a Latino. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's correct. All right. So I'm asking, and, and thank you for saying that. Cause again, yeah, we don't want to put words in his mouth, but I want to bring that up because the fact that you can state what you are and people still don't believe you and you still have mm-hmm. to bring proof to say, this is who I am. And mm-hmm. I'm bringing that up because you and I have had, um, since you've been following me, you and I have had some tag teams on some cert- with certain things, particularly when it comes to Jewish individuals where they want to um, become upset when I uh, point out that because just like you said, Blacks see you as white. It, mm-hmm. it's, it does not change. And mm-hmm. so for us, um, and this is where it's, ab- it's about perspective, and, and this is where mm-hmm. um, we need to have more perspectives at the table. Because for us, anybody who passes white traditionally has some level of privilege that we can never gain, whether mm-hmm. we want to or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and people like yourself can... Um, can't can um camouflage yeah I, yes or i was about to say participate in privilege you have a mm-hmm. choice yes. yeah
2: i can bleach my hair i can bleach my hair and it that exacerbates it long enough for me to get a job exactly okay
1: oh my god thank you for okay see this is why it's I, the
2: so truth on the god truth
1: so okay I'm this honest. so you asked when i asked you to come on the show you're like eh, you're hemmed and hot a little bit but you're oh, like yeah. i really don't want to do this because i don't like to you know i don't want to take up space, take space. And I my think space. was, thank you for that. But in this space, I don't need that. What I need are people to tell the truth because so often people are left with their own biases and they're unchallenged. And so when, yeah, it's great that you don't want to take up space, but when I come into the space, if people have those ideas, I can't move them because they've mm-hmm. never been challenged on those because mm-hmm. I'm a black woman and they're not listening to me anyway.
2: I dig it. So
1: the fact that you have any proximity to privilege that I can never have is a benefit to this conversation, and also because you are also um, a person of color, so you mm-hmm. see a par- part of this that I'll never have the experience of.
2: <laughs> I got to tell you, it's it's uh, it's there. There are moments that are pretty pretty un- unhappy, um, in the in the most impossible ways. But I digress.
1: No, you don't, because I actually want you to, um, if you don't mind, be mm-hmm. very specific. I need, I need, well, you know, these individuals, these these white people need examples, real examples, hardcore examples. I got you. I got so you. So I need yeah. you to, to wherever as, told, as safe as you feel, please to share them.
2: Uh, okay. Well, how's this? When I'm told that I'm a that I'm white, I'm a white chick, right? We don't need more white chick. I okay. All right. Um, aside from the fact that I'm I'm being told that my dad does not exist. Um. And he, I mean, he recently passed. And so that's, that's a little extra salty for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I mean, we were, you could say we were close. Yeah. Um, (laughs) He worked for me. I worked for him. Um, Anyway, the way that I describe it, and this is the God honest truth. I'm white enough to get the job. I'm white enough to get hired, but I'm not quite white enough to get paid.
1: Ah, thank you. Okay. See, see, these are the nuggets that I love about this show. And this is why I push my guests. Because the things that you don't see are important. The things that you are, are used to, challenges that you're used to struggling with on your own need to be heard because you just hit a nail on the head. So it is, and this is what mo- many um, white passing people or um, the, model, the model minority myth uh, people of Indian and Asian descent um, also speak on. They mm-hmm. are good, and they are white enough, or um, or, or obedient just, enough, or yeah. whatever enough to mm-hmm. get in the door. But they're still not respected, and then that becomes a a a a, um, a mindfuck for them because oh, yeah. it's like, okay, wait a minute. I've done everything. I've done everything. I've assimilated. Why can't I? still get to this thing and this is why i I, I constantly talk about we have to get there together or we won't get there at all
2: yep it was my co-founder who did the math because i didn't believe it myself i didn't want to believe it the math on what my paycheck oh he actually did the math um i was making exactly i swear to god exactly 58 cents on the dollar of the white dude junior dev that was hired to replace me that I had to train. I swear to God.
1: Oh no, you this is this is not surprising. And the fact not that you're numbers is and so and it's always so you said so 58 cents on the dollar to mm-hmm. a junior that you had to train to replace you. hmm This is so common. And mm-hmm. this is why. Um I don't give a fuck about femi- uh, feminism I don't because it's not intersectional. it does not bring us all up it does not um uh and this is what I want to go back to um because I want I, I did not finish my thought because i I, I like to make sure that I, it does not come across because inevitably I will be called anti semitic and this is not what I, I what I'm talking about what I'm saying is m- many Jews um are are considered white to black people, period. Unless you mm-hmm. tell us that you're Jewish, you're white. We, th- all of that does not matter. Um, mm-hmm. um, even in, in, in seeing your um, profile picture on Twitter, we had a conversation and that's when you disclosed that you were, um, we, we, um, some kind of conversation we were having. I don't know if we were exchanging with somebody else or whatever that I discovered or realized that you were mixed race. We don't have the luxury and this is why I say I distrust whiteness by default, because mm-hmm. black folks in the United States don't have the luxury of sitting around trying to figure out what percentages people are.
2: <laughs> that's, that's the whitest thing there is how much you are of, 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 of a thing, how much you are Irish or how much you yes. are. Yes. Really? Really? Yes. <laughs> I've one 16th. Yes. Shut up. No, you're not. yes.
1: And then that's when they want to um, also do the DNA test so they can get uh, money for being native and all this oh, other God. crap.
2: Um because and so, they think that that's a thing.
1: Well, they are well, it is a thing for them to be able to benefit from, but if they had oh to live God. that way every day, they would never exactly. um choose exactly. those things. And so these are the things that I talk about because my life depends on me not wasting my time trying to figure that out. Right. Because I could try to be try to figure that out and and and, and inevitably somebody's gonna stab me in the back. Literally or metaphorically. Yep. Um and so um, and I want to create, and, and this is a good conversation to have because th- as you, you made a poignant point, they, by doing this, they erased your father and, mm-hmm. and that's so powerful because I know my father passed away four years ago, which actually started me on this whole tech journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and if someone even attempted to do that to me, I would They think I'm angry black woman when I'm never angry on Twitter, but that would really piss me off. That would really push me over the edge if that happened. And so even in this conversation, I'm trying to figure out, because I'm always learning, I'm trying to figure out now, how do I manage that? How do I manage, because it is in my best interest not to just trust whiteness, but everybody who presents as white is not white.
2: It's, It's nuanced is what it is. It's nuanced. So let me talk about my co-founder real quick, because we can talk about him without, you know, talking for him. Um, uh, Jose Jose Francisco La Placa Amigo um, is (laughs) second-generation Cuban in exile. Um, And he's, yeah, he's Cuban B. His mother uh, is, I mean, she was wet foot, dry foot. Nine years old, and the Coast Guard saved her and, you know, his whole fam. Um, with the Castros, uh, you, you there's a history to that. He grew up, he was born in Miami. He grew up in Puerto Rico and in Puerto Rico, he's white. There's no way he's white, at least not on the mainland. He's Cuban. So he's half Spanish, half African. Um, but he, I've asked him and I've asked him this, um, just to hear him say it, just to, to hear him, you know, tell me the reason. Um, to be the author of that, um, why he doesn't—he he never identifies himself as Afro Latino because he doesn't code as black. Mm-hmm. I mean, which I mean, it, it's entirely—I mean, I'm not—I'm not, I'm not going to argue with him. I'm just curious. Um, but I think that's one of the one of the the key examples because he is, but. He knows what is and isn't his experience, if that makes sense. And out of respect for that, leaving those things where they are, you know, staying in, I don't want to say he stays in his lane, but I think you understand. Anyways, there are so many things. As far as the, and here's the thing about the Jewish people, and I can speak towards this because, (laughs) so when you say Jewish, the Jewish people that we think of here in the United States, we're thinking of the, the descendants of German Jews who fled, you know, who fled from the Nazis? Um, one, one of our investors, his parents had ta- have tattoos on their arms, and then there are the you know the, I mean Jewish. You say Jewish? Well, that's it's it's an ethnicity, um, and when you say Israeli, now you're talking Middle East. Now you're talking Near East, Middle Eastern, Far Eastern, um, and those are those are definitely definitely not white, um, and anyone who thinks otherwise should pick up one of those names and try to get on a plane.
1: So you, okay. So you brought up two points that I want to r- talk about. So let's, since we were talking about, let's talk about the, I want to circle back on the Jews. So for me, because of my historical, uh, my, my history background and research background, when I think of Jews, I don't think of German Jews. I think mm-hmm. of there's an ethnicity and there's a religion. And mm-hmm. there are many Jews who are not white. There are black Jews. There are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all, um, just so that's, different um and so what i what i find offensive and this is where i push back because i recognize that um historically jews have been persecuted i get that mm-hmm. and this is why i have a problem because i've never understood even when black people particularly black people in the united states who are religious are anti-gay I don't get it. We've been persecuted all our lives, so how can we do that to someone else? What I don't agree with and what I do take very, mm-hmm. if I'm very offensive, is when people want to compare the holocaust, holocaust to slavery as if there's a, as if there's a competition
2: there, yeah, there, yeah. There, you, nobody's going to win this yes nobody's exactly
1: gonna. that's the part that, that that i just will not you're not going to erase my history just mm-hmm. because yours happened you're persecuted and that's when people are actually talking about just jewish uh, um um world war ii jews because it wasn't just mm-hmm. jewish um, german jews it was jewish yeah. jews all over the all over um, Europe. And so Mm -hmm. that's where I have an issue. And that's where, and when I look at how white Jews or Jews have assimilated into white culture, there is still, even today although although there was a his, you know holocaust you can pass, you can you have white privilege and you benefit and you leverage white privilege in a way that the descendants of slaves cannot will never do and so that's mm-hmm. the conversation i want i had on that and so mm-hmm. i just want to put a
2: pencil oh, it's very very important it's very very important and I, I bring i'm bringing it up for a specific reason because like um when you when you hold this you can take that that situation you can hold it up to Latinos in a very specific way, because there are Latinos, there are Hispanic people who are white.
1: Yes, exactly. And so that's what I wanted to bring. So my next thing was about your part, your um, co-founder and him being considered white in puerto rico and there's mm-hmm. so much colorism in latin america mm-hmm. um, and
2: it's very much so a colorist thing
1: yes and it's so anti-black and this is where i talk about anti-black is universal you mm-hmm. go to asian countries there is anti-blackness mm-hmm. you go to african countries there mm-hmm. is anti-blackness mm-hmm. anti-blackness colonialism and white supremacy has dominated the globe hey, hey, hey.
2: guess who's here who um i'm talking to kim creighton right now uh we're this, this is for her, her podcast for Causeson. Come on over here, Pepe. We're talking about uh um uh, the nuances and uh you're Cuban, B. Roll up.
1: It's a great honor to make you miss. Hello, mm-hmm. thank you.
2: Yes, this is this is uh Pepe Jose. So
1: so um so my so okay, since you're uh, here, Pepe, I wanna ask you some questions. One <laughs> of the ones questions that Leo was talking about was your disbelief that she was um um, had um, Latin-
2: tell that about you, that.
1: That you had. Uh, she was um, Latinx. So mm-hmm. tell us about why was that so hard for you to believe?
0: Well, um, she's from the frigid north.
2: He couldn't understand how I'd wound up in Chicago. Pretty much. <laughs> that was part of it. That um, I'm not from. I'm. I. I myself am not from. Did not grow up in one of the areas of the country that jose typically associate like that. in his mind he associates with places where latinos end up and there's um, so
1: many latinos in chicago
2: I, yeah it's true it's absolutely true uh, I
1: live there. Yeah. there's so many latinos in chicago
0: yeah my interpretation of reality was not up too far he, yeah ah, okay. he's a
2: guy who's never gone farther north than austin
0: actually than uh, dallas
2: well, yeah, but you dig it,
0: Indeed.
2: yeah. I mean, having all of his experience, I mean, anything north of Austin is is a is a frozen wasteland in his mind. So he
1: really is. I I, I kind of agree with you. So I'm not. I, yeah, I don't like cold weather. So I kind of <laughs> agree with you on that one. Yeah, um that so, tropical
2: paradise thing.
1: <laughs> so. Um, so that was one thing. And what we were talking about when you walked in is colorism in Latin America and anti-blackness and, and the fact that you are, um, um... Cuban. Yeah. Tell, tell me, because I've heard from several people, how it, um, it being in Puerto Rico, you're considered white, but come to the United States and you're not. I'm brown. Yes. Uh, pretty
0: much, um... I kind of, like, I was told about it. Uh, I got, had family members that had uh, mentioned it. Uh, hell, whenever we would go to uh, on vacation to so Disney World and stuff, and we're young, like, uh, we would wave up the cups, and my parents would go, like, do you want to get killed? Stop that. Pretty much. Um, so, like, I kind of, like, what well, I knew about it, but I didn't really like my god i didn't like can i interject here real quick yes
2: in a in a a sense and forgive me pepe don't hate me for this but in a sense in that context he grew up white
1: that's what i want to talk about so hold on leah i want him to finish talking because i want him to talk about the fact that he had white privilege in puerto rico that he did not in the united states and i'm looking at pepe and and in definitely in the United States, you are brown brother. Um, Indeed, yes. Indeed. So tell yeah. me, so tell me what what was privilege, what was white privilege like in Puerto Rico?
0: Uh, well, it was pretty much uh, not being assumed to be guilty uh, before anything happened. Uh, not going to a store and uh, worrying about the receipt. Or not having a receipt before you left the store without uh, buying uh, all the stuff. Like, that's- like I said, I knew about it in theory, but like the saying goes, in theory everything is like practice, and practice yes, and that's just theory. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so exactly. it was kind of like jarring um, and a bit of an awakening. Um, fortunately for me, or unfortunately, depending how you want to see it. My first real like, uh, long time exposure to uh, American culture uh, away from my like, company and such was the military and more specifically the Air Force. Okay, okay. So they tend to be a tad more diverse than any other branch of the uh, armed services simply because when it was formed, it was during uh, the segregation. And like, uh, pretty much the headhunter show there was like, okay, so this is going to happen. Anybody got a problem with it? There's the door. Get out, and like nothing would be put aside against you. You just go to whatever branch you want to go, and so like uh, I, that was some protection. But at the same time, anytime I left the base in civilian clothes, not so much. So where uh, where were you based? Uh, in the states, uh, Lackland Air, Air Force Base in San Antonio. And then Shepard Air Force Base in Wichita Falls, Texas. Mm-hmm. I have a chance to never go to Wichita Falls, Texas. Uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not a great place. <laughs> then I was stationed in the Middle East. Um,
2: He's the only member of the Air Force I've ever met who's been shot.
0: Yes, twice.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's not fun. I don't, I don't recommend man- it. I don't know how you manage that, Pepe.
0: <laughs> I don't recommend it at all. It's not fun.
1: To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag causesing Not fun. Because I'm okay, so I'm looking at you, Pepe, and I'm gonna tell you, you look Middle Eastern to me. Oh, you thank got you. The hair, you got the beard, you got all of that stuff going Pepe on.
2: Just because he's a scruffy, uh, a scruffy. And, it, uh, does,
1: right. it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Perception yeah, is so. This is so my, So how is that? How? Would, how is because you. I mean, this, you, and, and this is why I don't even like to say America, because America is so fucking, saying that is so arrogant, because it acts like there's no North, South, or Central America. We are from the United States. We are citizens of the United States. Amen. And so I really like to make that clear, because it's, it's it, it negates um, millions of other people, billions of other people. And to say, so I'm just looking... No one can see you because we're not, the visuals is, is not going up. But I'm looking at them guys, looking at him guys, and Pepe looks like, so he has his hat on. His really, off, has, no, 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 leave it on. He has bushy, oh on, my on. God, look at all that hair. He yeah. has really thick eyebrows, and he has very long hair, and I don't even see. Bring
2: anything. that big
1: guy. You look like the guy. I, exactly, he, I see nothing below his lip, I mean, his nose. It's all hair. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and so
1: I'm gonna just have you ever been um, um, even in this have you been uh, um, what's the word misidentified as, as somebody from my um,
2: mother thought he was was like East Indian but then I but get my mother, completely is, fair, my mother is my mother is a, a horrifying
1: horrifyingly...
0: completely, 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 completely fair I've had the same problem in Puerto Rico too He's, like, uh-huh. in Puerto Rico some people thought I was French uh-huh. some people thought I was yeah. Chinese some people Ooh, Lord I was like with Easter.
2: Egg. Get closer to the camera so she can actually see a pretty face big guy. And so I, I can see him. Yeah, nice. no, he's he's actually so been, he's actually part Asian. So you've been you are so you are so
1: unidentifiable that they just put you in any box that they choose to. It's my accent. It's I learned accent.
0: English at the same time I learned Spanish. The minute he opens and his mouth, my, uh, And the, uh, I was surrounded with Spanish, so that creates a different accent than, like, what people are normally
2: used to. I've watched people hang up on him, have a whole converse, a 30-minute conversation uh, with him, and then he says his name, Jose Francisco La Placa Amigo. They say, no hablas uh, no espanol, and they hang up on him. Yep. I've see, that happened at the Hilton. Oh, wow. I got, oh, I got on the phone with the manager. You better believe okay this is a piece of yeah this white privilege is happening right now all right because when i pick up the phone and i get in their faces shit happens it gets done and this is one of those moments where use your powers for good
1: yeah i yeah. mean
2: there was this one time that uh we were going up to my mom's house uh me pepe and uh and my daughter oh that time yeah and pepe is driving and me and my daughter she was 14 at the time and my daughter is uh, she lightens her hair, so it's blonde. She's she always has. She was born blonde. Long story. Um, <laughs> anyways, her dad's white. Um, so we were pulling up to my mom's house, and my mom she lives in the only part of Austin that isn't a nice area.
0: Well, there's a couple other spots. You know, they, no, like, no, no,
2: no, 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 no. This is Austin, okay. That, that Even, area
0: was a kill zone, though. Like yeah. the, Ew, the, no, no,
2: no. Anyways, anyways. <laughs> So this is the only like the only street in Austin that isn't nice. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. This town is spoiled rotten. I'm from Chicago. Okay, um, you should understand. And the stickers uh, uh, on on my this tr- is my truck, right? The stickers are out. Um, they had you know just gone out uh, not too long before, and I was you know I, in the process of getting it fixed to get it you know past inspection. Blah, blah blah. Anyway, I didn't realize that we were getting pulled over until there were six squad cars Eight. all around. Six, eight, however many there were. I
0: counted. Okay,
2: they were rolling up on Jose, because I guess they just didn't see me and uh, uh, my daughter. They were rolling up on Jose, guns drawn. I mean, it's, you know, what, 10 or 11 o'clock. It was, it was late at night, uh, and we were dropping out with my daughter, um, et cetera. And holy crap, as Jose is already trembling like a leaf and murmuring to himself about keeping both hands on the steering wheel, and I'm like, I got this, dude. I'll do the talking. And I'm leaning forward. I rolled down my window as just just right quick. And <clears throat> Hi officer, how are you?
1: Mhm.
2: Yeah.
0: And the changed the whole the minute the
2: the second that they heard my voice, they just turned around and walked off.
0: Literally. Wow.
2: The only one wow. that was left was the one who was, who who scolded me me. They're talking to me, not Jose. Even though he's the driver, they're talking to me. This whole conversation he didn't know he didn't say one word yep mm. yeah, just that whole do you know why you know, so you know why we, why we pulled you over and i'm thinking to myself because you're a piece of shit yeah um but i say oh it's it's probably because of the tags isn't it yeah well um i was trying to get it fixed and then um it didn't go through inspection and i guess maybe i should probably stop waffling and and you know make up my mind huh mm. verbal warning
1: yeah yeah wow after eight cars, you get a verbal warning
2: uh-huh verbal warning yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that right there, that is white privilege
1: incarnate.
0: Yeah, wow. Now, speaking back to Caribbean and uh, the uh, color perception, uh, I'm going to tell you a really messed up racist story. Uh, this is what my grandfather told me in order to explain to me how, quote-unquote, uh, Cubans are better than Puerto Ricans.
2: Okay. That's
0: a huge thing. Like uh, uh, this one needs to be uh, buckled up, so I'm just gonna buckle up. Buckled up. Okay.
1: Oh no! So, this is uh, my show is uncensored, so I, I need you to be as honest as possible. Of course, of
0: course, that's why I'm here. <laughs> uh, so uh, he explains to me that when uh, the Spaniards came to make to Cuba, uh, they uh, did the whole usual thing, and the natives there didn't quite. Take it like anybody else in the region, they uh, fought back. So the Spaniards wiped down every single member of that region and killed them, like wiped them all out. Genocide. So Cuban DNA is half African, half Spaniard. So you got the intelligence of the Spaniards and the love of work Of the African, and uh, I would thought that was really weird, considering that, like you know, enslaved people don't love what they're doing, so you know, it's not like seems
2: a little counterintuitive, doesn't it?
0: Indeed. Now, uh, he continued, how Puerto Ricans they didn't have that incident, so it was a mixture of one third, like native, one third African, and one third. Spaniards, so they were lesser than cubans because since they had the indian blood that wasn't like uh, hard workers since they only lived in huts and they didn't build pyramids now mind you this is in uh puerto rico uh where there's hurricanes if you build anything really like
2: anything tall
0: gonna, at all it's gonna get destroyed especially when you have the technology of like what Sto- they have. yeah
2: yeah i mean so, so, like, what they
0: had was very effective. Like, the huts, they could withstand the hurricane. Tell me the other could,
2: thing that your grandfather used to say. Which one? The, the other
0: thing, the one that made you cry. Oh, no, no, that's not something that my grandfather... That's, that's the opening line of, uh, of a poem, a, a Portuguese poem. I don't remember most of it. I do remember the opening line. My grandfather, my pride. My grandfather, my shame. Mm. Because... The shame is the slave owner, the pride is the, he, the Hispanic the slave that managed to survive and move forward despite of it.
1: Okay, so did we've we I want to hmm, we've talked a, mm, a, a lot, um, <laughs> and 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 Pepe showing up, um, was you've become the the example of what we were talking about, the living, I breathing, be a better internet. example than I am. Yeah, the Leah, because I'm going to tell you, Leah, even in this conversation, you exhibit so much white privilege, mm-hmm. um, how you how you talk to him, how you uh, um, direct the conversation. It's very uh, it's very it's 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 very obvious. And, and this is not an indictment. It's just reality. And mm-hmm. just to hear this um, and to to capture this mm-hmm. is what is what's important. So I want to I want to thank you for being for being honest for being vulnerable for being mm-hmm. your true self so that people can see it's true what it's absolutely
2: like, true But this actually, looks like kim, actually kim let me let me speak toward that just briefly i do this on purpose yep i absolutely what you're seeing here and the direction and the degree of uh imperative i i bark orders at people i do this on purpose this is very and, and the
1: same thing me I, mm-hmm. I, and, and yeah. that's why it's like you, you see it all the time people calling me angry I'm like, no, I'm not angry I'm just very clear exactly. about what I want
2: I think I said to someone at one point that if uh, if you were angry then they'd know yeah exactly. she's <laughs> <laughs> not angry at you you'd know yes I do it on purpose it's it's um, something that we've had to craft okay we had, well let's um,
1: talk about that then that's something that we need to talk about because why do you why have you had to craft that?
2: in part because i can because let's well, first things first first things first because i can get away with it yes indeed. okay because i can of the three of us sitting here yes. i can get away with it i can get away with talking over people i can get away with saying certain things in in a certain way i can i can get away with it which that is an incredibly powerful tool depending on what i say indeed. and how you use it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So use your powers for good.
1: Yeah, so, and so it, and it speaks, and I'm I'm, I'm and I'm glad we're getting to this point because it speaks to why white women are so problematic and they don't even see, as you just said, use your power for good. They either don't see or willingly don't care that they have this proximity to whiteness, to privilege, to white supremacy. And when they yield it against people of color, particularly black people, it is harmful.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the, on uh, their defense... That uh, comes from a long line of uh, well, a whole uh, propaganda campaign uh, UNEXA, that started in uh, a thousand years ago, designed to pretty much destroy uh, any uh, agency of white women. So, so, like, I can't really blame white women once, too much for that.
2: I can blame white women.
1: And I can blame I'm white gonna, women, sir. I can definitely blame, blame white women. Go ahead.
2: Go ahead. I'm blame some white women. Hold on a second. Let me just, just step up here and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold You're awesome. accountable right now. Okay. Because check it out. When white women, so racism plays out differently for women, white women, they do it differently. Okay? Yes. They do not have full access. I mean, they have all, all white privilege, but they don't have leverage over it. It's something that is, it, the world just does for them, to them, whatever because of their whiteness and they're, they really are blind to it because they don't know that they got the job or that they got the raise or they got the grade or they got the loan. They don't know that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's something that happens because the white male loan officer or the white male judge or the white male cop or whatever, what have you, has decided that they're going to get this outcome. But the fact that it is conferred does not change the fact that there is a discrepancy that Always, inevitably, disproportionately burdens women of color. That is always true. And when they say, when you say, you know, you forgive them, okay, sorta.
1: As a man, he can. It's not directed towards him.
2: I mean, as he has male privilege, and yes. it's, that one's you hard to top. This is true. You know. Yeah. Um,
1: so you don't that get to. Is... Sorry, Pepe, you don't get to forgive on my behalf. Rock and roll. <laughs> Understand the
2: way. I mean, uh, with that in mind, with that in mind, when they say things like, "I don't see race." That is a choice. Yes. That myopia is a choice. And it's, when I, you know, I, well, we had a conversation you and I once about what, what the fuck is wrong with white women? Um, because that is a question that I have pondered. You know, what, what's wrong with my mother? What is wrong with her? What is wrong with her? Um, what is wrong with her mother? What's mm-hmm. wrong with her sister? Um, why, why are they like that? Why do they do that?
1: One of the uh, things I'm going to say is, I, I kind of, I'm going to disagree with you on they may not be consciously aware aware of why it happens, but they're definitely aware of how to use it. Oh God, yes! Oh good my bug, God, yes! They, buddy, know they, they, they know, know who they are. They know how to. They don't. They might not know the rules of the game in that way, or, or how the game was created, but they know how <laughs> to leverage that. <laughs> Um, so when, exactly. So that's when they get. I'll start the tears when they know oh, they're God. wrong. So that somebody because they know somebody's gonna come to rescue them. That's why if you
2: start you to cry. Know, they become the victim.
1: That's and why I'm you saying. knew how to when the cops came up what you had to say for them to instantly. go away.
2: Yes, instantly. I knew exactly. And uh, and pl- playing that role in the presence of power and the presence of authority, they know exactly who they are supposed to be, and they know that as long as they do not challenge the assumptions that the the benevolent sexism that is reserved for them that they will odds are they will continue to be the recipients of that benevolent sexism and,
1: and this is why they are the biggest upholders and maintainers of white supremacy they literally breed white the next white supremacists. Um, and the question
2: becomes the question becomes why in god's name do they do that um, raise your hand if you want to be treated like a black woman in America.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Exactly.
2: Okay. Um so with that in firmly in mind, they know that the, that they know that race is the only thing that that saves them. They know Yeah, that.
1: because they, they don't get they don't get it for gender, they don't get it for anything if they have if they're LGBTQ, they don't get it if they have a disability, it's all about race.
2: Yeah, it's this I mean, this specifically I mean, because and they don't—they can be pretty myopic about when they choose to be. They—they they don't have to see, and they don't have to deal with whatever they decide they don't want to. Yeah. Um, to a, to a certain extent, they'll always—they'll that, that is the case. But when it comes specifically to race, and I don't see race, and there, you know, the, the the a fascinating thing that happened with the the second wave, pushing black women out of the center of feminism, um, pushing them to the margins. Because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean feminism was radical mm-hmm. when feminism was black yep. yep okay that one of the things that i say is like, this is one of my, my most i guess most uh, quoted uh um media statements is um anytime a black woman performs an act of self uh self-protection self-care or self-love she performs an act of radical resistance, and that is the God of this truth.
1: Wow! Yeah, that is yeah, yeah. yeah because we're I not mean, we're not allowed to do anything that has self apostrophe in front of it. No, yeah. Oh yeah,
2: nothing. What's you? You're not allowed to like yourself. You're nope. not allowed to love yourself. You're certainly not allowed to think that you're that to think that you're beautiful or have any self esteem. Yep. No, no, none of that. God forbid a black woman grow any self esteem. But the thing that I and maybe it is, it's these are conversations I've had with Pepe. When he, you know, what is what is wrong with white women? They are broken. And I am aware of it because some, I don't know my the mother side my mother side of me that that part of me is broken too. Yeah, well, I mean they will know. You can see it in their eyes. You can see it in their eyes. And you can hear it yeah. in the conversations
1: that I have with them in on the podcast. And I and I and I like that you have the perspective of this because they the one the people who I and uh, normally the white women I have on the podcast are white. They don't <laughs> they've never had to experience what you also have to experience, which is also being a person of color. Getting called Anglo is
2: the weirdest thing in the world. For
1: me. <laughs> yeah. I want to thank you for trusting my judgment on bringing you on the show because I knew this would be, I didn't know where I like, not, not like in any other conversation. I didn't know where this conversation was going to go, but I knew it was going to be quite interesting mm-hmm. um, because of how you engage on Twitter. Um, before we wrap this up, before I ask you your final, you know, like how you want to wrap this up, I want to ask you: Do you have a strategy on Twitter? Because I've, I've, I've watched yes. you. Yes, so I do. So tell me what you your strategy is. Over.
2: Okay, I have a couple of strategies. Which one have you observed?
1: And I'm, and that's what I'm asking because I've seen several different ones. So I want to know if if, if so. I've seen you um, when I when you see someone trolling me, and I can only mm-hmm. speak for me. That you immediately come in and you do the. Um, and you do what I do well, hit what him with here. the research, <laughs> hit, you know, hit them with the research, hit them with that. Um, mm-hmm. and then I've seen you, if there's questions out there that people don't know, you will, um, bring me into the conversation some kind of way so that I'm aware or, I, or you'll say, Kim, have you seen this? Um, this thing is going on. Um, so you have, and I'm just speaking about how you engage me. I don't know how you do, uh, engage with other black women on so tell me about that
2: so obviously each black woman is an individual and unique and she's up on twitter doing her thing and that's going to be different for every black woman that is on twitter just you know gotta
0: put that forward human nature
2: i mean engaging with an individual is engaging with an individual and it's it's an individual thing this cause a scene thing specifically this thing that you're doing with you in specific when i'm calling attention your attention to a thing Half, the, half of that that is that is 50% hey kim have you seen this and 50% hey everyone else have you seen me calling kim's attention to this thing it's a boost that that's exact it's, that that is a i have however many followers i have just saw me do that yes um, and so that is that's that's part of it absolutely part of it it's an amplification strategy i have absolutely no compunctions whatsoever about running interference especially there are certain types that I will run interference on, um, differently. If that makes sense. If I'm talking to someone who seems tractable, and they're almost always going to be a woman or or a man of color, that will be a different conversation than I have with a white dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will make a grown man cry.
1: Yeah, Maybe. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree.
2: <laughs> it's yeah, and it comes down to I also I also leverage Twitter. i as a CEO, I have a very limited amount of space to win this particular conversation then I have to win so I that's what I do that's exactly what I do it's kind of like uh Twitter is for me the way you know a boxer has you know jump rope
1: and and, and that's why I, I'm glad you brought that up because that's why people are like why are you on Twitter Twitter's such a shit show it's only people with privilege who would say that because you have an option it's where I have my community why would I leave Twitter when people like Leah and and, and other people are there to help amplify to help Educate to help push back on all the bullshit that whiteness has been spewing for eons. Amen. And 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 harming people. And when I know that there are people out there attack
2: of media of using the platform of Twitter, I believe is in part an attempt to, I mean, that, that right there is an attempt to, de- to delegitimize and to sabotage you and your efforts. Because Twitter, let's be clear, Twitter works well for black people.
1: Oh, you exactly. I couldn't, I could not, I've tried other, the other platforms. They do not work the way Twitter does. Nope.
2: Yeah. Twitter, Twitter decides elections. Actually the drone that we make, mm-hmm. where we make those drones that stop bullets, the ones that eliminate things like stop and frisk that were, that request was put forward to us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By a white dude. Mm -hmm. asking if we couldn't figure out some way to make our drones help the people in Ferguson. Mm -hmm. So you did. Yeah. So that's what I did. I I made I I adapted the drone and I kept adapting the design until it was relevant. And that's how, I mean, when when I say things like we're endorsed by Black Lives Matter, there's no central figure for Black Lives Matter. It's a specific uh, particular, one of the the particular uh, voices of Black Lives Matter on live radio, no less, Mm -hmm. Um, with the endorsement right then, right there. Yep. I'm very, very proud of that. When we brought that to the police, the police, their response to what we were doing into this, to this thing that we're, we're, you know, putting together, quote unquote, for them, we're putting it together for everyone, was in 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 many ways decided by the fact that Black Lives Matter wants them to have this. Yep. That actually factored very heavily into their decision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which, knowing that, and I mentioned this specifically because knowing that and being made aware of that, it was you know. Black Lives Matter is a thing that that happened on Twitter. It is a thing that is because Twitter is Twitter. And the you know, when you say black Twitter, nobody wants to get on the wrong side of black Twitter. (laughs) Uh -uh. (laughs) Keto in the White House knows
1: better. Yes, yes, yes. All right, I'm gonna wrap this up. And are there any final words you'd like to leave um, in this conversation with?
2: Michelle Obama for twenty twenty?
1: No, not that because she has her own right to live her life the way she chooses, and she says she does not. She's want a queen. To. Yeah, but she again, every black woman is different, and she has that's a right. True, she has true. a right not fine, to, fine. Going to go Over, into.
2: this. <laughs> twenty twenty. Same thing. Same yeah. thing. <laughs> You're killing these <me>, balls. <laughs> um, I dig it. I dig it. Oh my God, what well, what do you wrap this with? Pepe, help me out.
0: Uh, this is uh, Professor pip he's my PTSD service dog.
2: And he's super cute. Oh yeah,
1: I love a chihuahua, I have those. Oh no, he's a rat terrier.
2: He's a rat terrier. Oh, oh wow. He a baby, so
0: his a uh, was stunted. Yeah, okay. so that,
2: that's Pepe's that's closing thoughts. So this is my dog. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> my therapy dog, okay.
2: Yeah, no, I dig it. Um, I guess my closing thoughts would be uh, what I'm doing here specifically and very deliberately is I am hacking racism. Yes, I want you to say that again. I am hacking racism.
1: And with that, we're going to end because that is perfect. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for taking the time and thank you for joining us, Pepe. It was my pleasure and my honor. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Call the Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Call the Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the hashtag Call the Scene community. Just visit the website at hashtagcallthecene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at hashtag Call the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.